Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Aaron Larsoul. This is The Hook. Aaron? Yes? I was having a perfectly nice Friday morning slash early afternoon. I was having a great Friday morning. You definitely were. Um, I won't get into <laughs> why, but you were having my a mom much better morning to the show. Than me. Yeah, my mom <laughs> listens to the show, yeah. But Although uh, she is not she is not unaware of my lifestyle, so... <laughs> So Sorry, Mom. I was doing great. I was doing fantastic. I like as soon as I'm done here, I'm hitting the golf course. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just life is life is good. Yeah, you got your grass cut. No, not yet. I got to do that when I get back tonight. Um, okay. If it's not raining, okay. I might be. What do you shoot? I think we've had this conversation before. But what do you shoot? I don't remember. Oh man, I don't. I don't play often enough to have a. I mean, what I anymore, asked you. But, Answer the question. Um, I'm usually in like the. Like the mid '80s, or so. That's good. What? Do you, what? That's great. That's good. That's all right. I used to be better. I used to have. I used to. I used to have like a six handicap. That's incredible. So, I was. I was all ready to make fun of you, but I can't. That's. That's. Let there never mm. be like a uh, silver screen and roll golf golf outing. tournament. Yeah. No the tournament. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Outing. No, like, I won't play right. anyway. I'll just drive the cart and drink and and find. I, this is gonna sound I found out. But I found girl, out the other day, <laughs> dude. Do they still call them that? Nobody. Yeah, they. I've never seen a cart guy out there. But do they um, call them cart girls? Because I didn't mean that in the way that it sounds. I, I was I going through like the taking my head. Okay. Things. And they're at the, know, they're but, at the turn, right? Like the ninth. Yeah, hole, they're, they're waitresses. I think is yeah, like okay, they're cocktail okay, waitresses, okay. but um, who drive carts. So, oh, they drive. Yeah, the cart girl. Yeah, yeah. And they drive the cart without so calling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, the name. Yeah, I am. Uh, I just found out the other day that it looks like I'm going to be going to summer league um, in an official capacity. There's a top right. golf out there. We should do there a is. silver screen and roll. There is in top golf. Yeah. So that's what that's the plan. No, I won't no? do that. No, yeah, I will. Co- I'll come hang out. I won't. I won't yeah. swing a club. I'll Look, come I want. Hang out. I, I want to see you swing a club once. I bet no. I could fix your swing. I used to coach golf. Actually, I used to. Yeah. No, there's nothing to fix. There is no swing. <laughs> Although, if if there's hope for Charles, I don't know, Barkley, man. Based on Charles your morning Barkley. this morning, I think there's plenty of swing. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, um, although, did you see on TNT they did the thing? Charles Barkley got his swing fixed, so maybe yeah. there's hope for. But. He had he had the yips like his he, he had yeah. he's always Chuck had Knobloch. like an okay yeah. yeah he's always had an okay swing it's just that he would get into these pressurized situations and kind of freak out a little bit um, no so uh, I was having a great morning I'm I'm looking ahead to a, a, what should be a really nice weekend nice relaxing weekend um, and then I got an email uh, uh-huh. as I I am subscri- I am subscribed to the House of Strauss um, and. I, I didn't have a paid subscription before, but then the subject today Got made you, it huh? so that I, I I had to do the I had to pay the nine bucks for this month. Um, nine bucks a month. Yeah, it's expensive. Okay, That's what is lot. um? He does is, a lot I'm, of work. Like he's he, I know, yeah, yeah. He, he does, turns out he a does. lot of work. Ethan, and Ethan, when he was like the athletic. I I, yeah. I enjoyed uh, his writing and in his podcast with with uh, I really enjoyed the, the Warriors guys, but the Kevin Durant book that he wrote mm-hmm. the the book about that that the the exit there was fantastic. How, how uh, what is just for for reference because I don't know I'm not subscribed to that mm-hmm. so thankfully I haven't read what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what Mark Stein, who is a friend of a friend of the show or a friend yeah. of the feed, um, and I also he's Mark is one of the best. What is that similarly priced? Uh, I think it's around there. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so that's like pretty standard for the industry is my is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think so. Like okay. for that that level of the industry, I think. Okay. Um uh yeah, it's yeah. And anyway, so I got the email today. The subject matter is filibustering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is uh the Lakers and the the way that they are run internally. And you know, I'm reading it and look, Strauss is an incredible I, I think Strauss is the best like writer in um doing it you mm. know just in terms of like flair for the word he's i think very he's smart. very good at that yeah he's um, very smart. and like i think they're they're like i think zach lowe is the best at describing things zach lowe like, is think, my favorite basketball writer yeah and then you know there are other writers who are like levitard i think is the best like kind of columnist opiner kind of guy um but strauss took a torch to the Lakers. Basically, he explained uh, to his readers what the internal workings uh, look like, based on his reporting. And now I'm reading it. And again, again, like, you know, because Strauss is very good at what he does. It sounds pretty inflammatory. There are parts of it that are certainly inflammatory. We I haven't heard Jeannie Buss talked about in the way that he talks about her. Um, publicly like that, but I walked away from it. Like, I don't know, man, I think you and I have described this stuff pretty in, in, in yep. detail. Yep. So if you guys are listening to this right now and Ethan, you're more than welcome to come and hop on the show or hop on any of the shows here on this feed. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are listening to the hook right now, you, you know, how the Lakers work, you, if you guys have been listening to the lowdowns and stuff like that, like over the last few months you know how the Lakers work. So congratulations on, on being ahead of the game here. Hey, right? all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today we aren't gonna, I, I honestly, like I, I would, if you guys know me, if there was something there that I felt the need to really dive into, I would, um, and maybe that'll come to pass or whatever. But for right now, I think the more interesting conversation is about these playoffs as they, as they have played out. And well, to be fair, blame me. Cause I haven't read it yet. So yeah. we can blame me. I, I, so I would yeah. not be informed to, to talk about it because I haven't yeah. read it. But, um, you say that as if you have plans to read it. I have plans for this, <laughs> for this fine Friday. I don't think at, at present, I don't know. I'm gonna have to check my phone and <laughs> see what's going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but on this fine Friday, I do not have plans to read it, but you know, not, not today, not today. Yeah. Uh, so Basically, um, the, Harrison and I talked about this last night and we got into like last night was another blowout. It's been more than a week since we've had a final score within 10 points. Um, these are supposed to be the teams that should be inherently evenly matched. These should be the four best teams. Now, now maybe, maybe there are just mm, two mm, teams, mm. huh? You don't think mm. these are the four best teams in the league? Well, I guess if Milwaukee no, was healthy, no, they would probably be right. in it. I don't know. I don't. Well, even if Milwaukee was healthy, if they were still the same seed, they would not have. You know, there there are times when they'll say, um, like the whatever series is the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals or is the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. um, some people thought that was the case um, for the Milwaukee Boston series. It's been the case in the past with. Uh, you know, like the Warriors in Houston um, sometimes. 
so I don't think that these are necessarily the four best teams. I will look, I think Milwaukee's better than Miami, but because of the seeding stuff, um, here we are. And frankly, I think, I think that Phoenix is probably better than, uh, Dallas. it's probably better than Dallas. Yeah. Matchup stuff and timing but and injuries and all of that. We're still, we're still talking about like at, worst four of the six best teams in the NBA. I think that's fair. Yeah, right? I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so it should be, it should be like, these should be closer games. This is normally around the time where you get the postseason drama and you get these, you get these crazy moments at the end of these games. And uh, for whatever reason, for a variety of reasons, um, we just haven't gotten them. I think it's possible that this is an outlier season, but I think it's also possible that the NBA was always kind of trending here in the same way that mm-hmm. I think baseball has always been training to the unwatchability that it has reached uh, as well. And I think I guess it's been fascinating. I think the trend in sports I have been most consistently drawn to has been the internal battles within these leagues between entertainment and mm-hmm. competition, right? Mm-hmm. entertainment is what they should exist for, right? It, it's, it's what pays the bills. It's, it's what keeping, they do exist for. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's what, it, what, it's what keeps people interested in their sport coming back, paying, paying to go to these games. You pay to be entertained. Um, and yet competition is what these teams strive for, right? It's what they, it's what they exist for is to compete against each other and to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, this this evolution across all of sports where in baseball the um infatuation with launch angle and driving the ball out of the park rather than playing for contact and and playing small ball and the and the the three the three true outcomes right yeah right and then in in basketball right the 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 space and the the pace and space evolution that has existed and and taken place within basketball has been another one mm-hmm. um, within all of these sports, the notion of rest and keeping guys as healthy as possible for the postseason, um, and, and sometimes sacrificing regular season games in that in, in, in for, for those reasons, like these are all things that are examples of this trend of, yeah, we are uh, technically trying to entertain you, but, right now the focus is more on competition with you know with each other and i think it's kind of gotten out of whack and i think these these uh blowouts that we've seen in basketball have gotten to this point where yeah this is where we were always going to with teams shooting 40 53s every playoff game it's it's become it's become a make or miss league and like we always people hate hearing that phrase and people get really annoyed at um, the 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 thought that your and my jobs can basically just kind of come down to hey who made more threes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically where we where, where we have arrived. And so I wanted to start with if you're on the same page with me on here, and and if you think this is something that can be fixed. No, it's not. It's not going to be fixed. Um, Oh, there's so much, there's so much to hit on there. Okay. So one part of it in the, the entertainment versus competition thing is, uh, so I used to work, um, in sports radio 
before before the Lakers, I worked in sports radio. And shout out Tom Looney, who was one of the uh, he did a show with JT the Brick on Fox Sports Radio, and mm-hmm. he and I are, he and I are really great friends. And he used to always make the point that sports was because we would talk about all kinds of stuff, and I would say that sports will always have a place on TV because it is the only thing and maybe like award shows, if you care, I guess I don't care about award shows, you know, the Oscars and Emmys Mm -hmm. and whatever. I don't care about any of that, but sports is the last thing you can't DVR because it would just like, it won't work anymore. Right. So you have to watch it. You have to watch it live. You have to got to watch it live or else you're going to miss something or else it could be ruined on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And so he and I would talk about that a lot. And he used to always say that sports is the only actual reality TV, right? Because yeah. there's so much drama. It's the only act. It's not scripted. It's the only actual reality TV. But I think you make a really good point. I think the baseball comparison is is a, a really good one because it. I'm a huge football fan. Um, and I'm a bigger football fan than a baseball fan. But I think that the average fan knows more about what is going on in basketball and baseball than they yeah. do in football. Oh, totally. Um, Hell, when you and- watch a football game, you are only seeing the portion of the field that the ball is in. Like there's a correct. There's right? an and entire like, secondary that you aren't watching fan. right now. I'm a yeah. huge football fan. I don't know it as intric- intricately as I know basketball mm-hmm. uh, because I've you know played basketball, worked basketball for it. Right. So like, I know nuance that people don't know, but I'm a huge football fan. And I don't know really like the nuance of offensive line play, right? Like, no. did you open a hole for the guy? Did you give up a sack? That's like mm-hmm. basically all I got. And the times that you and I can notice that like a hole was opened up, it's because a hold probably <laughs> took place. Somebody and held. That, <laughs> and that matters so much. So I think the, uh, the average fan knows the game of baseball and basketball more than football. So I think your baseball comparison is a really good one because I think analytics have taken hold in baseball and basketball much more quickly. It started with baseball, but much more quickly than they have in football. And the three true outcomes, you know, like a hitters either, what do we want hitters to do? Walk, strike out or hit a home run. Yeah. And in basketball, the three point revolution. And it is it is inherently I don't want to say better, but it is more likely to win you basketball games. Yeah. It is like statistically, mathematically, it is a better way to it's play worth basketball. 50% more Correct. than a two pointer. <laughs> and why nobody figured that out 30 years ago is strange to me. But it's because it's for the same reasons that nobody has figured out analytics in football either. Like you have these old stubborn white dudes who refuse yeah, to true. change. <laughs> but inherent in I'm going to strike out or hit a home run and inherent is we're going to get up as many threes as possible. It's layups and threes and free throws. We're mm-hmm. going to give up the, the mid range inherent in that in both scenarios in baseball and in, in basketball, there's more variance in it. Yeah. Um, and it becomes, well, now we'll just like, but that's why I think that your baseball comparison is a really good one, but let's take it to basketball now we'll talk more about this later i'm sure but as it relates to 
like Boston made nine threes in the first quarter. Yeah. Yesterday they shot 20 of them. The Warriors, the Warriors Dallas game one, the Warriors beat the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, the Mavs got better shots than the Warriors, at least early. Right. Mm -hmm. They were three of 19 in the first quarter from three. And those are good shots. Those are good threes from some pretty good shooters. They just couldn't make anything. Yeah. And so Dallas got their asses kicked and has to go back and say, Ooh, what do we need to change? How do we do? I'm not sure Dallas needs to change anything because their shot diet, in my opinion, was better than the Warriors shot diet. There's just so much variance in shooting threes and there's so much variance in home runs, strikeouts, walks that you're, that leads to these blowouts because I thought like on, especially in the first half, the second half, the Warriors were, just turn their water off and we're better than them. But in the first half, like, I don't know what you, if you're Dallas, you're supposed to, because we got our asses kicked, you're supposed to go back and say, what do we change? What is, what is the adjustment that Jason Kidd needs to make? I'm not sure he needs to do it, make any adjustment. Randy Bullock, who's a good, yeah, who's a good three point shooter. Yeah. DFS, who's a decent three. Like if those go in, it's a very, very different game. But there is just so much variance in three-point shooting that that leads to these blowouts, especially because all four of these teams, I don't know if they're the best four teams. I don't think they're the best four teams. But all four of these teams are damn good defensively. And when you have good defensive teams, you better succeed in the stuff that they give up because around the mark, they're not going to give you easy stuff. So you better succeed in the stuff where you do get chances because you're not going to get a lot of chances against really good defenses. When you do get chances, you better capitalize on them. And if you don't, you're going to get your ass kicked. Quick detour here. Uh, Woj just tweeted out eight minutes ago. Sorry, yeah. everybody, for the eight-minute delay. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee well, by the By the time everybody hears this, it'll be a <laughs> three-hour and eight-minute delay. But. Well, there. I'm faster at, I'm faster at editing than that. Um, Milwaukee Bucks assistant Darvin nah, You Ham. got golf to play. And former Trailblazers coach Terry Stotts. I got to get the editing done before I go golfing. Um, Terry Stotts are among candidates who have advanced to the final round of interviews for the Los Angeles Lakers coaching job. Sources tell ESPN. Um, that implies that there are other candidates beyond those two, which is kind of odd that we wouldn't get those names as well. But um, wait, if I had, if I had no, my gripes. No, wait, it, it, it implies that there have been more in in the search in i mean in the in the search and have been interviewed in general no but it means so again so milwaukee again. bucks milwaukee bucks assistant darvin ham and former trailblazers coach terry stotts are among candidates among plural, candidates. Got you. yeah got you. who've okay. advanced to the final round of interviews for the los angeles lakers coaching oh, then job. the follow-up question is who are the, who are the other, other candidates that you're not mentioning why aren't we talking about those guys <laughs> yeah um I'm 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 rooting for him. I think at this point, I'm staying out of this entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we'll we'll come back to that as we get more updates. But uh, please let it be Darvin Ham, please, please. Okay, so so please, since, since we're here, mm -hmm. what is it about? And I'm not I'm not suggesting you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just curious on what you're thinking. Like, why him? What what has made you be such a, a proponent of his? I think he gets you the most buy-in from the people he needs to be bought in. 
Okay. I think he gets more from LeBron and AD than Terry Stotts would. Um, I, what would be interesting if they, if they do hire ham is if like they did with Vogel, they also tell him who they want on his coaching staff. Um, I understand doing it to a certain extent, but, and, 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 but I, I think ham has been around the, the sport long enough to where he, he should know he the well good. Yeah, the, well thought of. yeah. He is incredible. I haven't heard like usually. So for example, um, when I was coming up and Mark Jackson had been fired by the golden state warriors and I would kind of ask around in the limited capacity that I could back then, Hey, um, what's the deal with, with Mark Jackson? Like, why is he so widely mocked? Um, when I see his name come up on, on Twitter and, um, the response back then was almost like universally negative regarding Mark Jackson. It's the opposite of that with Darvin Ham, where everybody I talk to, every single person I've ever spoken to about Darvin Ham will say, this dude has it together. He's um, blunt in a way that a former player can be blunt mm -hmm. and gets that message across in a way that uh, current players need that message gotten across. So, uh, yeah, I, I think so his... do not aggregate this Harrison. I'm looking at you. I don't know. Your days I think now are it's numbered. Jacob. I think now yeah, I was going like... to say your days are numbered anyway, but yeah. do not aggregate this. But in the Lakers due diligence about all the candidates, but in the Lakers due diligence, that has been what has been found about Darwin Ham also. The communication ability. Yeah. Just the, yeah. like really positive feedback all yeah. around the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's made a few stops too, by the way. Like he was actually, I think, on Mike Brown's staff with the Lakers. I, I think yes. bump. I yes, think so. I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously worked with Bud the last few years. So he's he's. I think he was in Detroit for a little while too. Um, he's he's he has a really strong resume. He should have been a first time head coach a long time ago, and I think he would be a really good if if the Lakers are indeed going in the direction of a first time head coach. Um, he is the best first-time head coach out there on the market. So do your thing, Lakers. Do the right thing. Do the smart thing. Hire my boy, Ham. <laughs> my boy, Ham. My boy. <laughs> that's going to, by the way, my next season. My boy, Darvin. <laughs> ne next season, that's going to be the name of, I don't know what day it's going to be on, but that's going to be the name of one of the shows on Silver Screen and Roll. <laughs> one of your shows. It's going to be my boy, Ham. Ham and eggs in the morning. My um, boy, Ham. So uh, if let's... If he happens to be hired. When? When? You can cough. You want to cough? I'm just sitting here drinking Hennessy and... Um... <laughs> Don't say the other part. Um, so... Uh... <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> so uh, I want to get back to this conversation. 2011-2013, uh, by the way, yes. Yeah. Uh, Darvin Ham was a Lakers assistant. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, I... I want to get back to this conversation on we we've explained why the blowouts are, are taking place the way that they are. Baseball is doing what they can to try to to go back to you know the more exciting brand of of baseball that existed in the '90s um, without injecting players with steroids. Uh, why not? What's wrong with injecting players with steroids? Well, I think it's a little wrong when the league is pushing the steroids. That's why that's what got baseball in trouble the first time. Um, but, but, uh, I, but they've, they've deadened the ball. They have, uh, they're, they're thinking about banning the shift. 
they yeah, they moved um, second base for some reason. Yeah, so so they're they're trying these different things to to get small ball back into the sport because again, like so baseball is is the only sport I can think of where the most exciting plays all happen on defense. Where uh like you could think of the homer, but all homers look alike, basically. Like all I mean, homers, unless you hit one six hundred feet somewhere, yes. Yeah, but, but you're now still that trotting. they are injecting, yeah, right, like you're you, still trotting, and there you hit the ball there, real right. hard. You, you yeah, flip I your think bat I, well, they you, used to say like the most exciting play in baseball is a triple, right? Um, yes, and no. I, I mean, would, yeah, I would guess it, like a relay, like a play at the plate, right? You're trying to throw somebody out or of a, the di- plate, a diving catch. Yeah, okay. a, you know those those uh, double plays that are turned at, at second, where you have a second baseman or a shortstop that is jumping over somebody who's sliding into the base, like. Um, you have guys who run up the wall and go up and climb, climb walls to go up mm-hmm. and grab homers, mm-hmm. like the most exciting plays. And I say this because I sucked at hitting. So for me, the most exciting <laughs> plays was, <laughs> was all on defense. Cause that's you're just a second baseman, right? Like, uh, no, I was, hey, I was I'm a hitting 190 fielder. and I don't have any yeah. power, but I'll I wish I was two. a second baseman. This, this left-handed bias is, is oh, no, what they have out there. Yeah. You got to play first base or right field in that game. Yeah. Um, uh, well, center field. I played center field. So a left-handed center fielder. Yeah, it was a good one too. All right, I think I yeah. But anyway, so um, we we were you know figuring out last night on the show, Harrison and I, we offered up some potential fixes to. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard this to yet. Basketball. So let, me, I, let me hear them. Um, I'm not going to go all the way into all of them because some of them, I think you do have to hear me and Harrison just kind of like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you okay. one. I'll give you okay. one all, right off the top. Okay. Um, cause it's one of the less serious ones. I want to move the three point line in, not out in. Hmm. Okay. So I, I think, I think we like to the college line. Uh, yeah, fine. That's okay. fine. Yeah. So I think, I think that encourages people to take more of them. Okay. And I think there's more variance because I think that will in, in, induce some guys who shouldn't be shooting them to shoot more of them. <laughs> the other problem with moving it in I mean, is we're that, already there, man. Dwight Howard shot, what, seven threes last, last season? Was he like four or five of seven, I mean, though? He's, he's better than AD. He may have led the league in three-point percentage. <laughs> like, <laughs> if the sample size is, like, five, like, somebody somebody went one for one. So if it's not that, yeah. but if it, if the sample size is, like, five or more, he may have led the league in three-point You know what's percentage. funny with Dwight? I've always thought that his shot and his body lent itself to shooting from further. That's why he sucks so bad at free throws. He's actually, like, too he strong to shoot free throws. His first he backed year up back in LA. Yeah, he shot from behind the line, the free throw line. Yeah, that's right. It looked a and lot by more the way, natural. If you go, if you, like home or road or whatever, if you go, well, if you go watch uh, a shoot around, not shoot around, warm ups, Dwight shoots a fair amount of three. It's not like it's weird to see him shoot him in games, but to be fair, it's not a shot. He doesn't practice. Right. What, yeah. what was that? What's that famous like uh, video meme or whatever of um Patrick Ewing coaching Georgetown and somebody like takes a ridiculous shot on his Georgetown team. <laughs> Do you practice this shot? <laughs> what yeah. makes you think that's a good shot? Right. So, but when Dwight, have you taken this shot? Dwight practices those shots. Um, 
The other part that I think may be an un unintended consequence of that suggestion is if it's going to compact the lane even more or compact space even more and really do away with post-ups and mid-range stuff even more if the three-point line is closer because they're just going to be now 10 bodies closer to yeah. the rim. Um, but I think there is an interesting conversation about like, what do you think the most, maybe the most, ex the most exciting thing in the NBA is, you know, a dunk on somebody. Yeah. It's certainly like the greatest feat of athleticism and majesty yeah. and all of that, but. Or like two, two guys going up to compete for a lob. Oh yeah. That's, that's good. Mm -hmm. But are we, well, and I think that the TV ratings have shown us this. Are we sure that like the most exhilarating thing in the NBA isn't when Steph Curry gets on one of those heaters and is just shooting from everywhere and making a million threes and the defense just kind of like throws their hands up like, I don't know what you want me to do. Well, so. I so think and, and trying to like. Wouldn't, wouldn't the ratings be like that, though, for Trey Young? Like if that was actually Trey Young is Trey Young is like a career thirty four percent three point shooter. No, That's but a like very but different thing. He he tries like he basically he tries he, he like he's considered Steph light Steph very light Steph like like diet. He's like Coke Zero is the the lightest Coke <laughs> he's now. Steph Zero. He's, he's Steph not diet zero. Steph. He's Steph Zero. <laughs> like Dame is Dame is diet Steph. You know Trey my favorite zero. My favorite take that I I just like to fire off every so often. Is that like, you know, people think Steph is the first guy to have stepped way back beyond the line and, and fire off from way deep in three. Chris Duhon was doing that for the Lakers, man. Chris Duhon was firing from deep. <laughs> and Stu Lance was losing his goddamn Steph mind every the time. the first he guy shot. where you went, oh, wait a second. Maybe this is, maybe we do have to guard him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, we do Duhon would do it and people were like, wait, what? What are you go, doing? Go, go for it, Chris. You know what? One of these days I'm going to tell a Chris Duhon story. Oh, come on. We haven't had a story time in a while. We haven't. All right. Do you, well, let's save it for the end of the show. Let's right, save it yeah, for the yeah, end of the yeah, show. Because yeah. that's when people like their story times. Um, and it keeps people around for the entire But so I don't, I, I mean, I think the point is, I think, I write, it is a balance that the NBA has to strike between entertainment and competitiveness. And no, yeah. that's not fair. It's not competitiveness because, right, like, Miami kicked Boston's ass and then Boston kicked Miami's ass. So mm -hmm. the series are competitive. It's the game, the individual games. Um, yeah. Well, that's what's, so I was thinking about that. Cause last night we had our conversation and, um, Harris and I had that conversation and we had a few people on, on Twitter kind of not going at me or anything, but just kind of responding to the show and responding to a tweet that I sent about three point shooting. Um, and, and I think like, in aggregate, when you look at these series, because I think, I think Boston Miami still goes seven, um, and in aggregate, I think it'll be fairly close when you look at the combined scores between the teams, um, and so like it it gives you it gives you the I, the appearance of of competition, but it's not like it if none of the games like the the Dallas and Phoenix series went seven, right. That would tell somebody who wasn't watching those games. Oh yeah, that was a that was a competitive, hard fought right. series. But all of the games sucked, and so like, <laughs> it, it, well yeah, I, they 
I don't think we'll go back. We got to go back to none um, of their games were within 10 points. Yeah. So they haven't, the NBA does, the NBA defines uh, crunch time. And yeah. right, I think the two best crunch time teams in the NBA were Dallas and Phoenix during the regular season. <laughs> it was zero crunch time. There all. was zero crunch time. Minutes. <laughs> the NBA desi- defines it as five points within the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Dallas Utah series. If there was crunch, I mean, I remember, but I don't remember if there was crunch. It, it's possible Dallas hasn't played a single crunch time minute, minute. in the playoffs. I think they played one. Like I think they played a few. Yeah, there were Utah. actually. You know what? Yeah, no, there were there were tighter but, games against. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There were tighter games against uh, Utah. But but those even those games though, because at least one or two that I'm no, I think both of them. Uh, Utah or, or uh, Dallas was way down. And then went on a furious comeback, and there were technically crunch time minutes, but only temporarily because Dallas wound up winning by more than ten. Yeah. Um. And it's just like, and that's basically where where we where we have arrived here, where the sport is basically defined by who is making their three pointers at any given moment, and these runs are defined by who is making their three pointers at any given moment. And in my opinion. Basketball produces the best athletes in the world. Uh, I agree. They, and, and we have turned these athletes who are capable of, of things that we could never even dream of into catapults. And it's just like, what, 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 what are we doing here? And like, I, I, I was talking to, to Harrison last night and I, 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 I hear myself saying it. And as I'm saying it, I get angry at myself. Yeah. Cause you're like old man, get off my lawn. Well, right. Like I, I hear it. So when I, when AD, when the Lakers throw the ball into the post to AD, or if he has somebody in isolation on the like short wing, basically, um, and he goes into his, into his spiel there and he shoots like a step back fadeaway two pointer that goes in. And in that moment, it should be a beautiful, it is a beautiful shot, you know, when, when it goes in. Um, but I find myself saying like, you're so like you could have gotten those two points off of a pick and roll where you roll to the basket and yeah. you could have just dunked the ball yeah you know? how sustainable is that yeah and 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 i just and i hear myself saying it i hear myself thinking it and i say no i want to see ad take those shots i want to see him like you know i want to go back to a sport where those kobe baseline fadeaways is to me my favorite shot ever the the, the kobe slash mj baseline fadeaways where they turn at like 17 feet away. They jump 36 something inches in the air and it's just this unblockable shot. It, especially if it's from the right baseline for both of those guys, because they're right-handed and it looks like they're shooting from behind the backboard. Like to me, that is the most beautiful thing that the sport of basketball can produce. Um, Steph's sure, but, it is, Steph, but is it the best basketball though? That's the question. Um, well, no, right. Well, it's not the most efficient for sure. Right. And those are the only two guys, basically. Like, there's like it's like it's them, Demar Derozan. Uh, it's only a handful of guys that you actually want taking that shot. Kevin and, Durant, Chris Paul, yeah, right. And 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 I would like to get to a point where that. But shot you know what I would, you know what I would like matters again. You know what I would like more than Kevin Durant doing that. Him shooting Kevin a three. Durant shooting a three. Yeah, but like. You see what I'm saying, though. The notion I do, that I do, we we have also- turned like like Kevin Durant. All right, you don't get to operate in that area down there. Please stay away from that area unless you're and he driving through. Right, and he struggled. No, he did struggle. I mean, he struggled all over the place in the Boston series. Yeah, I just 
I, I don't know that like for the aesthetics of the game, I don't know that you're wrong, but we we've talked about this before. And you aesthetics, it, entertainment, same thing to me, <clears throat> but it's not, sorry. Okay. Excuse me, but it's not the same thing. I mean, for you, it can be, but it isn't the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about, you talked about this before about resting guys. And we have talked about this before on many podcasts uh, previously. Like, I think it's inherent on the league to do things for, in a macro sense, the best mm-hmm. for the game. But I don't expect teams to. Do oh that, no! Right? Well, no, like, yeah, the yeah. Spurs. If the yeah. Spurs thought the best chance to win, going win a title in whatever season mm-hmm. and win going forward, the best thing for them to do was send uh, Tim Duncan and send Mano Ginobili and send yeah. Tony Parker home on a Southwest flight. That no, was I, the best thing for them to do. I And yeah, so I don't, so I think it's a weird balance that has to be struck between like the league has to say like, okay, we need things for the health of the league. Mm-hmm. And for teams to go like, I don't give a shit right. <laughs> about the health of the league. Well, I'm trying to win tomorrow or I'm trying to win this year. But the other part of it though is, and and ratings will tell you this. You we were talking about Ethan earlier, and he loves the ratings. He mm-hmm. will tell you like there is a reason why the NBA still to this day is about LeBron and Steph. It it just is like mm-hmm. for engagement, for views, for uh, ratings. And I think part of that, as it relates to Steph, is there is nothing like in all of the basketball, certainly, but maybe in all the sports there is nothing like Steph Curry getting on a heater and he's shooting from everywhere mm-hmm. and he just scores you know whatever he has 24 points he makes eight threes in a third quarter and just demoralizes the other team yeah and everybody on Twitter is going hey are you seeing Steph and every like if you go agree, look at man. the ratings, regular season Steph is incredible if you go look at the ratings uh <laughs> Go ahead, go go look. If you if you if you were gonna just go look at go to NBA.com and look at stats and <laughs> look at who was the who who led the NBA these playoffs in fourth quarter scoring, I wonder I would be curious to find who you saw at the top of that list. Um <laughs> you like you know what I'm doing when I do that. Of and course, you just can't of course I can't yeah, of course, of course. Um <laughs> But I think like, so yes, that is going to lead to the the revolution that has happened in the NBA since Steph basically showed everybody that's the best way to win basketball games. Mm -hmm. Is that best for the game? I don't know. But it does appear to be, we have evidence that it appears to be the best for getting interaction. We'll speak on it. Shams Karani, a quote, finalist for the Los Angeles Lakers head coaching job. Yeah, yeah, he did Bucks assistant, Darvin Ham, my boy Ham. <laughs> Warriors assistant, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Atkinson. Six and- months from now, the best show, or not the best show, because it won't be the best show, the most yeah. popular show on Silver Screen and Roll, <laughs> this podcast feed. It won't be the best show. It will be you 
and your show it won't even be the anthony irwin show anymore yeah, it it'll be like, my boy ham yeah, my, my boy ham until the lakers start one and three and then you want to set everything on fire uh terry stotts and kenny atkinson are the other two candidates so the one that Woj didn't have was atkinson um it, all right so i think it is an interesting ma- like a meta and macro conversation about what is actually better for the league because there is more variance right everybody now is realized that what the warriors were doing a handful of years ago probably is the best way to win basketball and and it's not just about the three-point shooting we're seeing it uh carolyn cooper who uh is a really great writer knows her stuff and Mm -hmm. covers the uh does x's and o stuff covers the pacers what i don't see i don't want to get this wrong is it like indie cornrows Cornrows. or something yeah Mm -hmm. She had a thing the other day about that there is, I think, let me get this right. I think there is nobody left in the playoffs that has, uh, that is over six foot nine that has yeah. averaged 25 minutes a game. Caitlin Cooper May is the reader you're talking about. Say that again. Caitlin Cooper is Caitlin Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, it's not just, I mean, it started with the Warriors and Steph and them shooting threes, but they also started switching and dream on the, you know, death lineup. And so mm-hmm. it's not just that. I think the NBA is trending in a direction it, because it's not just about shooting threes. It's about being able to guard yeah, those guys on the perimeter shooting threes and Aiton and, you know, the big guys just can't do it. There aren't a lot of guys that can do it. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about shooting the threes. It's about guarding them and guarding people in space. So I think there's a fair conversation about, is it better for the NBA? I don't know. But so, there's all the evidence that it is better for winning basketball games. Yes, that's it's. Um, so it ain't going nowhere is my point. That's right. Well, yeah. So in the NFL, right, the best way to beat a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning team was to hurt Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> Put hands on them. Right. And in that sport for a while there, legally you could, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Brady got tackled low and tore his ACL. And the very next season, the NFL implemented a and rule Matt that Castle said you... still went 11 and 5, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Bill Belichick's an asshole. Um, and so Matt Castle, famously also of the Minnesota Vikings. Who started a grand total of zero games at quarterback at USC. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the NFL implemented a rule, said, hey, you can't hit quarterbacks there. Yeah, also right. implemented a rule, hey, you can't hit quarterbacks above the shoulders too. So basically, there's a strike zone for quarterbacks that you are can't allowed tackle. to tackle them in. Yeah, and that was, that was Roger Goodell protecting the league yeah, from... The, the, the quarterbacks the, are the face of the league, yeah. Yeah, the competitive nature of these teams right these teams you know like bounty gate happened and a team was literally out there saying yeah you get x dollars for taking out a quarterback at a certain point right i think it was brett Favre of the vikings that yeah the um, they dislocated the, yeah, the his like the, ankle or something the saints um, had the bounty yeah yeah and so they so like that was roger goodell that was the nfl implementing a rule that was for the betterment of the league. And I kind of wonder, and this has been the most maddening thing of Adam Silver. Like Adam Silver uh, has done an okay job, I think. I, I, 
I wouldn't write home about him at this point as a commissioner. But the most frustrating thing about Adam Silver is like every single step that is taken to improve the product of the basketball in the NBA is so painstakingly taken where just like right now, the, they're, they're thinking about implementing a, a, a different take rule, take foul rule mm-hmm. uh, so that you can reintroduce the fast break into the, but instead of, you know, doing something that's actually productive or at, might actually help the problem, he has decided, no, we're going to introduce more stoppages. We're going to add more free throws to the situation and the, and the team is going to go right back into the half court. Whereas like soccer has a rule that fixes this in soccer. If you get, if somebody takes a foul while you're on the attack and you have an advantage, the referee can say play on until that advantage advantage goes away. And then you can get the foul called. It's it would, it would immediately fix the take foul rule, the Euro foul rule, whatever you want to call it in the NBA. But God forbid Adam Silver take any kind of leadership here and do what's best for the league. And that, that I think that's been the most centrally defining aspect of his tenure so far is in terms of like on his watch, in terms of watchability and entertainment, the actual sport of basketball has gotten noticeably worse. Except and, the watchability has grown. Well, there's more people. There's more people to watch it. Like there's, 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 there's more and TVs. He got, and he got Steph Curry. Yeah, and, and, and right. But and I, I he think got Steph Curry. I think if if you if you if he is actually interested in making the the NBA a more watchable product from night to night, there is something he's going to have to do about the number of three pointers these teams are taking. What what no matter whatever that might be. And well, you want to move the line like? in, though. Well, I well, I I want to do something. Like I look, I'm contrarian by nature, so everybody's yeah. saying you like move the line out. Say. Yeah, everybody's saying move the line out. Of course, I would say move the line in. Let's see what do this you want looks a four like. point line though. No, because that just means people are going to start shooting from further out. I want, I want, I would like to introduce like one of the rules that I I thought of with Harrison last night was, as soon as a player takes three dribbles. After that third dribble, that shot is now a three-pointer no matter where they shoot it from. Okay. Yeah. That's radical. It is. Uh, but here's the problem. <laughs> You're going to get people in the paint just pounding a dribble. One, two, three, and then laying it up. <laughs> no, I, I laughed Dude, last night. when consequences to all this stuff. Uh-huh. Well, of course, of course. And, but like the, there's been unintended, in, in, unintended consequences to everything they've done to this point too, right? Where they introduced a supermax to keep players yeah. in their current so cities. There, there and that's been a fucking disaster. It's been there, an unmitigated disaster. There are unintended consequences <laughs> to that. You, ain't, you uh, ain't wrong about that. So I would, I would rather them do something to the sport in the attempt to make it more watchable, knowing that unintended consequences might be coming, than continue to trot out the same product that like basketball and hockey right now are competing for the same eyes and now yes basketball does have more viewership on average than hockey does hockey is a niche sport it's not close it isn't close but night by night hockey's a more fun it's a more entertaining watch it just is playoff hockey is great um overtime hockey especially game seven it's insane is awesome oh my god yeah no it's awesome it's awesome (laughs) it's it's sports cocaine it's just like That third period horn sounds and it's it's <laughs> overtime in a game yeah. seven. It's just like, all right, everybody, take no, out your lines. Look, 
there is nothing better than uh than the playoffs nhl playoffs a game seven overtime there just isn't anything better than that no no but i guess my issue is with your characterization of entertaining like how entertaining this stuff because the nba's ratings are better than ever no they're not they're better than 2018 okay they're better like before the pandemic but i think the success of it no look a lot of Congrats. it they a have lot better of it ratings right now a lot of it is a lot of it is about steph a lot of yeah, it is about steph fine it is but i don't know i guess my my question and i'm not saying you're wrong my question about it is are you sure that this revolution that we've seen and i and i will admit that it individual games can become less competitive because mm-hmm. of the variance of the three-point shooting but it seems to be pretty popular i don't know that it's better basketball that's a fair discussion but it seems to be pretty popular with people i so i don't like if it can sucks it be, can and it, maybe I it can... sucks right and maybe the games individual games aren't competitive because of the yeah. variance maybe it sucks Right, like I turned it off. I I went out to go watch the 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 Celtics and and Heat last night, and like fourteen minutes into the game, I'm like, okay, like we know what this is. Yeah. So I understand that, but people are watching and people enjoy the three point shooting and people like, and maybe it's just because people, kids, especially like white kids in flyover states. Mm-hmm. if we're being honest about it, can't relate to being Giannis or being LeBron, but yeah. can relate to being Steph Curry. Peyton Pritchard. Or Peyton Pritchard, who's been making a bunch of jump shots. <laughs> um, I mean, if, but, if there's somebody like, they're going to relate to, it's going to be Peyton. It is, yes. <laughs> if you are a white kid in a flyover state and want to play NBA basketball, or you Mark, are going Mark to relate Amico most to being like a 6'1 dude that went to Oregon. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and gets absolutely obliterated on defense and can make some open jump shots. But again, like I keep going back to this, but it is a macro conversation and even a meta conversation about what is, what should the league's priorities be, right? Mm -hmm. Do we want better, more competitive within each game basketball, or do we just want people being entertained and watching basketball? So I think, I think the fact that ratings are up, I'm not going to, it's not fool's gold because I, it's not like I'm saying there aren't these people watching. I think ratings in and, in and of themselves is kind of a, like with streaming and all of that, like it's an impossible science to, to try to figure out. So I like, I don't, fair. I don't really like using that as a barometer, but like they can be doing fine now, but they could also potentially be doing better, right? Like Scotty Brooks went on Dan Levitard and Levitard asked him way back in the day, hey, uh, could you be better if you stopped starting Kendrick Perkins? And he said, well, we won 60 games by starting Kendrick Perkins. And the question there becomes, all right, fine, but could you still be better, right? In, in uh, Pete and I used to throw this uh, quote back at each other all the time. It, it was usually me throwing it at him because 
I have really high standards for a lot of things. But mm-hmm. in, in Black Panther, Shuri asks um, uh, T'Challa, um, hey, how did your kimono beads work or whatever it was? And he said, uh, or he's, he hands them to her. She says, hey, I'm going to fix these. He says, they work fine now. And she says, they work fine now, but they can also still be better. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where I'm coming from here. I'm not saying that at its best, like when these games are close, that the basketball isn't beautiful. I want more of the beautiful, beautiful basketball. I want to, I want to live in a world where there are way fewer games that are over by the third quarter. And, uh, because I do think that in those last five minutes of actual crunch time, that, uh, basketball can be just as exhilarating as any sport out there. I just want more of that. But then I, we I get back to we get back to the push and pull of whose responsibility is that? I, I think right? it's Adam Silver's. I think it's it's yeah, on him. Sh- yeah, sure. But what do you do to tell the to tell the individual teams? You I know this rules is the best way to make win it harder to do games. those things. Yeah, but how? I don't know because I know this is the best way. If I knew teams, how, I wouldn't be talking right. to you. You're uh, then you get to be Adam <laughs> Silver. Right? You wouldn't be sitting here with me. Fair. I'd be fair. a lot better paid. Dude. <laughs> fair, All right, fair. You would actually have that riding lawnmower to cut your grass. No matter no. what your wife says. No, I'd have Harrison out doing my lawn for me if I knew how to fix it. <laughs> Giraffe do lawn care. Um, um, yeah. No, I guess, all right. Let, you get right. it like because if I'm Adam Silver, I say, uh, okay, like you make a fair point. I want these games more competitive. But there is always a like even in society as a whole, right? There is a there is an there is a march toward tolerance, right? Like I'm not gonna get political on here, but there is mm-hmm. a march toward tolerance and being more accepting of things. And in the NBA, there is a march towards smarter basketball. It may not be more entertaining basketball. It may not be better basketball, but it is smarter insofar as it is more likely to help you win more basketball mm-hmm. games. So I don't know what Adam Silver is supposed to do about that. Like, you're going to tell, like, I I don't know how you create, like, artificially create or depress and they tried, right? This season with the like, no more, hey, uh, Chris Paul, James Harden. No more twerking for fouls. No more twerking for fouls. And that like kind of worked. And then they for relaxed a while. It. And then they, right, and then they kind it. of relaxed it. But I don't know what you do to take away like just smarter basketball because we have seen that this three point revolution is smarter basketball. Is it yeah. better basketball? I don't know, but it's smarter basketball as far as, w- and as far as winning games. And I think it, you're going to get like a push and pull from the league and from teams like, no, we're trying to win games. I like, and that should be their focus, right? Yeah. Make the ball heavier. Okay. The medicine ball. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, at some point you and I will actually get, we didn't really get into uh, actual solutions here. Um, I do want I to finish because, on no, story that's time. That's why, because I don't know that there are any. Well, at some point, you and I will look. How about you listen to the show that Harrison and I did, and then you okay, can laugh will, at me for my solutions for next week. All right. So, um, so story time with Duhan. Chris Duhan. <laughs> it's one of All the right. funniest names in the history of sports. Chris Duhan. Yeah. All right. So, 
I knew him from a kind of like around my time in the NBA. And then he didn't, uh, he didn't, you know, he had, he had left uh, the NBA. Um, and so apparently he invested in a uh, sports bar in, uh, in San- Brentwood, Santa Monica in LA. Mm-hmm. And before he invested in it, it was like, it was, a, you know, like sports bars have a reputation as they are a bar for this team. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was a Michigan bar and my brother went to Michigan. So Michigan was in the, Duhon the final went to Duke, right? He did. Yeah. 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 So Michigan was in the, um, the final four. So we went to go watch final four game. This was in like the Mitch McGarry era of oh, Michigan. Man. This is out of whatever it is, six, seven years ago, probably. So I knew him from my time in Portland um, and just being around. And so he had invested, he wasn't playing anymore, and he had invested in the sports bar. But he had invested in it to change the concept, which we'll get to in a second. Mm. <laughs> Actually, we'll get to it right now. Okay. For some reason, they wanted to, to make it a farm-to-table sports bar. Even in bar. LA, that ain't gonna work. It's a bar. It's a sports bar. Yeah, like... in LA, even in LA, that shit ain't gonna work. A farm to table, like we're sourcing organic ingredients. No, I'm like, I'm picturing. Well, can I'm you picturing bring him my mozzarella sticks? Like in Chris Duhon's world, people are, are going there to root on their team, and as they're heading to Game Seven hockey overtime, and everybody is snorting their cocaine. They're asking, "Hey, is this raced locally? Farm to table, a farm to table sports bar, brother? Hey, come on, man. Is this like I don't where was a, this chicken wing raised? I don't even. They're not. They don't even want to have chicken wings. Like, if I'm going to watch a oh, game, shit, you're right. With it's my a boys, concept, I'm going to watch huh? a game with my boys at the sports bar. Like, I'm not ordering the the arugula and foie gras salad. Like, <laughs> hey, man, come on. So the concept of it was a farm to table sports bar. He took over, it was called South. I don't know if I mentioned that. It was South. It was, uh-huh. So he bought into that or took it over with a bunch of people and they wanted to change the concept. And it used to be cracking in there, right? So me, my brother, a bunch of the homies, you know, some girls, whatever. We go to go hang out, watch uh, watch Michigan in the, in the Final Four because it was a Michigan kind of spot. And so he has like bought in. So he's trying to... Uh, like kind of and all full credit to him respect to him he's trying to figure out what the business is right so he wants to like dive in figure out all sides of the business so he can really like understand what he needs to do and all of this i think he's a minority investor but also don't a farm to table sports bar is probably another thing but um just go ahead it was kind of working what you had what you bought into was kind of working but he was ahead of his time with the three-point shooting and he was trying to be ahead of his time with the farm to table sports bar so i guess <laughs> man so uh this is south it's on it doesn't exist anymore shockingly but it was on it's on wilshire i think santa monica i think it's actually on wilshire uh in la in santa monica so we go we go watch uh because my brother is uh, uh went to michigan i go with him and a bunch of people we go watch michigan and chris duhan is there mm. but he's behind the bar <laughs> Mm. because he's like, I guess 
my supposition is he's trying to learn all facets of the business. He's yeah. trying to do his due diligence, full Being credit, full respect. Yeah. And he's not really the owner, but he's like invested. He's bought in, right? So he's Good a minority, master. right? Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> so one of my other boys who we call Ham by right, to like bring this full circle. My boy Ham. My boy. It is my boy Ham, right? So <laughs> my boy Ham. Darren is his name. We call him Ham. My boy Ham. Uh, so he's with us, and uh, so he go. His drink is he gets like a vodka soda with a million limes in it. That's just what he does. Right. We when we go out, we used to go to the whaler down in Venice and he would order a pitcher. A lot of super fresh lime at this. He would order a pitcher of it and he would want limes like uh around the, oh, around the... perimeter of the, the pitcher, right? <laughs> he would go he would order he would order vodka soda, but he would want it in a pitcher. And so he would get it. so anyway, so he goes so he goes up to the bar, he orders uh a drink from Chris Duhan, mm-hmm. who I know from back in the day. Yeah. And uh, he goes, yeah, like I need uh, a vodka soda with a bunch of limes. All right. So he gets his drink however long later. And he's looking at it and he looks at me and I go, what's wrong, ham? And he goes, there's not enough limes. (laughs) And I go, what? Where did you order? I don't know, man. Like, and he goes, you know, you know, uh, you know, Chris, right? From back in the day. I say, yeah. And he goes, tell Chris Duhon, I said three limes. I'm like, I'm not going up there to tell Chris Duhon you don't have enough limes. He goes, no, no, no. So he goes back up and makes like a big thing of it because he's already drunk. And he goes, Chris Duhon, three limes. <laughs> so he's trying and Chris Duhon has a, he has one of those like hand towels like in his belt, you know, Hold like on, a bartender. <laughs> so, so like since then, since this was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Since then, my boy, whenever my boy and I see each other, Ham, whenever Ham and I see each other, or occasionally with my brother or some of our other boys that were there, some girls that were there, whatever, he will just come up to randomly, or he will even text me randomly. Yeah. I said three lines, Chris Duhon. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Duhon's not like a bartender, man. I don't know. I said three lines, Chris Duhon. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's my favorite story yet. South doesn't exist anymore. Shout out, shout out South that they tried to change it to a. It was great as when maybe it was had they given bar. him three fucking limes, like right. <laughs> maybe you could have asked one of the actual bartenders, but he, uh, I think he actually is a North Carolina fan. He's a Michigan football fan, and not my brother, this dude him. He's a Michigan football fan and a North Carolina basketball fan, mm. and so, so I think probably he wanted really to like that. the fact that it was a Duke. Yeah, I said three limes, Chris Duhon. Uh, that's amazing. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Hook. This week's episode's here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. We'll be back, hopefully, with some pressure cookers next week. We need pressure for there to be pressure cookers. Um, so Will there if be we a get... pressure cooker this evening? Maybe, if there's pressure. Oh, God. It... I'm hoping there for there's I'm having there a bunch of people over to the house and making... Yeah, I mean, it's a Friday night. I don't normally do them Friday, Saturday nights, but we'll see. There might be pressure tonight, though. Maybe. I doubt it, because I think the Warriors are just better. But here we are. The Warriors are just better, but there can still be pressure. I don't like saying it, Aaron. I don't. I No, I don't. I think the Warriors are going to win the series, but I think tonight is. Yeah. I mean, I doubt. Yeah. 
I think uh, tonight is is very much in question. Yeah, you say that because you don't want to jinx how this is going to go. I think tonight is very much in question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>